Greetings, ladies and gents, and welcome to this daily science fiction extravaganza, commonly known as Tales, Tales from Outer from space. Out, space. Out, space. Taken from the subreddit HFY, all the relevant links will be down below. And, as always, I hope that you enjoy. And if you do, please consider supporting the channel. On to the science fiction. Story number one. John and Jane meet the neighbors. Written by no proof I'm not a bot. First contact had come in many forms. From landing on the ground troops to broadcasts of peaceful intentions to, uh, in at least one case, a handwritten note teleported onto the leader's desk. In a unified galactic council, any first contact is analyzed by a team of xenologists before shown to the counselors to avoid any rash decisions. As such, when Laraya was notified that a message was received from an unknown source, her first reaction was of annoyance. These always took forever to translate, and they always boiled down to the same two messages. Either they are refugees fleeing from some petty tyrant, or the petty tyrant themselves. Mentally, she started composing an argument to the counselors as to why a new war was a bad idea, and headed into her office. By the time she actually made it to her computer, her morning stimulant had started going warm, and her research droids were finishing up their nightly defragmentation cycle. Lariah frowned both of these equally annoying things. She knew why she needed to sleep, but the many explanations of why robots needed to never managed to make sense to her. Sucking some burstum down through her proboscis, she began to look at the message. Two things struck her as odd, for different reasons. The first, it appeared to be coming from empty space, rather than coreward or rimward. The traveling path of the message suggested that it was coming from a vast ocean of nothing between this arm of the galaxy and the next. Whoever this new species was, they were more lost than any ship known in history. The second odd thing about this message was the size. Obviously, the same message told by different beings would vary in size. Language differences, encoded standards, and built-in translation syntax means even a simple help could take up to a decent amount of memory. Still, the variation in space taken should be no more than ten blitz either way. This, uh, whatever this was, was much, much larger than any message they had any right to be. Lariya felt her annoyance grow and started scratching her claws against the table. This wouldn't be the first time someone tried to send a virus through open comms, and it wasn't that. Then she was almost certain that was about to download an AI. Switching over to an isolated system, she began the process of analyzing the message. Quickly, she learned what it was, and her frustration gave away to curiosity. The UGC had received many messages in its time in power, threats, alliances, pleads for help, deals with other factions, and more passed through the channels almost every cycle. This, however, was the first time it was sent an entire language. Among his many other tasks, the Germinator, John, had recently added manning the comms array to his duties. Someone had to, now that they were in range of anyone to hear. The voyage had, reportedly, been incredibly uneventful. This came as no surprise. They were, after all, traveling through a sector of space mostly devoid of stars, much less planets, 
and early scans showed not even the possibility of life between Earth and their destination. Still, the time delay between scanning spaces and actually going there left ample time for some enterprising species from inventing the radio, if not space travel. No luck, as it turns out. Their ship had been the only active thing for decades on end. Still, he hadn't been alone. He had the most advanced computer system mankind could build, stocked with as much media as they could fit onto hard drives. He had historical records of all of Earth's civilizations, as well as some simulated personalities of notable humans. He had a star maps of his destination and surrounding areas, which they were now only a few years out from. A resounding yawn emanated from the door behind him, and the back of his chair shook as the stress ball impacted it. Hey, have they called back yet? And Jane? Uh, he also had Jane. Not yet. Give them time. We have no idea what they're working with. John didn't even turn from his chair. His blue eyes fixed on the screen. Besides, we might not have been picked up by their senses. Oh, trust me. I sent it directly to them. They couldn't have missed it if they tried. Jane parted her brown hair and began to read from the screens displaying information about the ship. She was always better at the technological side of things. By the way, the CO2 scrubbers need cleaning and I am not doing that. John smirked. Read your messages, dear sister. Jane opened the messaging system to see one unread since seven minutes ago. The CO2 scrubbers need cleaning, and I'm not doing that, John. Huh. She approached John, hugging his neck from behind. Please, I did it last time, and you're so much better at it than I am. Three things. One, I need to stay here and man the comms. Two, we just got a message, so it looks like both of us are putting this off. Jane leaned in with interest. Told you they'd get it. And three... From his lap, John pulled a toy gun and fired a dart at Jane's forehead. I needed to do that before you left. Look sharp, you're on camera. Lariah's drink had reached the room temperature. She half expected this to be a joke pulled on her. Any minute now, the video feed would open and she'd see her colleagues laughing at her. Their antenna flicking back and forth after seeing her fall for this. It was probably Makari that had planned it. He would take first contact for a laugh. That idiot. Still, he couldn't invent an entire language on his own, much less a story that came with it. When the connection was established, Lariah did not, in fact, see Makari. Instead, just like the data file showed, there were two really similar bipedal humans clad in simple jumpsuits showing their teeth at her. Apparently, this was a show of goodwill and happiness for them. Lariah was glad for the message beforehand, because that was not what she would have guessed. She began to speak, confident in her translator's abilities. When she was interrupted by the two of them speaking, Hello! They paused, looking at each other, and then Jane spoke while John began typing. I am Jane, and this is John. We're from Earth, which is here. A map of the galaxy appeared on the screen with a garish red arrow pointing to a star one arm over of their current location. And you are here, hopefully. Another arrow, this time pointing at the star of Lariah Station was orbiting, and we're going here. A third arrow pointing at a star outside the UGC borders. Is that alright? Lariah let a few seconds of silence happen as she processed this. There's a typical amount of formality expected with communications, especially first contact. But these creatures were, uh, treating her 
Well, uh, not exactly rudely, but this is not what she expected. Uh, Do you think she's finished the translator? Jane said, seemingly to her brother. It was hard to tell. Her eyes were not leaving the camera. Man, I hope so. All this would be embarrassing. John, similarly staring at the screen, she would call back later. I can understand you perfectly, Lariah said, feeling her lower arms draw inward. This was not how this was supposed to go. My name is Lariah, and I'm a representative of the United Galactic Council. Oh, cool. Jane poked up. You guys have a government. Are you the president? I apologize for my colleague's questions. What you mean is, what is your title? Lariah relaxed a bit. This is the kind of confusion she, she was used to. I'm a researcher at the Council's Zenology Division. I do not hold any political power. I'm merely here to establish your species' intent. You mentioned you're here to seize a planet. Jane's face lost its smile and she began to speak quicker. Not if it's yours, or the Council's, that is. We just saw that it was uninhabited and it looked like a place that we could live on. She turned to her brother. John, show her the planet. After some typing, Lariah's screen became full of data. Planet, position, composition, atmosphere, possible life forms, distance from star, estimated distance from settled planets, and more obscure everything else on the screen. Damn it, hold on. John began muttering as the information began removing itself from the screen piece by piece until the humans reappeared on the screen, smiling worriedly. Um, yeah, that one is acclaimed by anyone. Lariah began to feel embarrassment for these strange creatures. This had to be a single worst executed diplomatic accord in the history of the UGC, but the humans seemed content to keep stumbling forward. No, that system lies outside of our borders. It is free for anyone to claim, although it lies in frontier space. She only let out half the pause last for a moment before she remembered the phrase as meaningless to her audience. Perhaps their lack of social grace was infectious, meaning it has no protections from the council and would be a target for any raiders or any other powers to conquer. The smile on the human's face did not alter. That's fine. They gave Lariah another pause. The translator had not malfunctioned. Did they accept that they were being abandoned to be enslaved? Why don't you claim it? Is it dangerous? Well, no, Lariah stopped herself. She was noticing that her speech was becoming more casual. This was not a conversation amongst friends. This was a new species and should not be fully trusted yet. Without terraforming, it can only support a few million individuals. It was deemed a lower priority. That shouldn't be a problem. There's only going to be a few dozen people there to begin with. Jane began looking at the planetary information. This almost floored Lariah. A few dozen typical colonization efforts involved a starting population of tens of thousands. Did they intend to port them over on one ship at a time? Are you only bringing the personnel on your ship? I mean, kind of, John said. We have a cloning machine in the ship, and we're going to drop it off like 50 versions of ourselves on the planet. After that, we see how it goes. Maybe drop off some on other planets. Then see if any of the neighbors are willing to take in some. This is a joke. What civilized species would abandon its own like that? How will you communicate with your home planet? Lariah began to look up Earth to see this empire was visible from here. We won't. Earth sent out eight of these kinds of ships in different directions to habitable planets. As long as one of us succeeds, then humanity shall live on. 
As John said this, there was no drop to either of their smiles. Both of them looked happy and ungracefully happy as ever. But how will you get support from your species? Lariah could find no long-range communications, no signal bleed, nothing in history from that arm, except for one thing. We kind of assumed they were all dead. John and Jane, at this point, began looking at each other's informational screens. Lariah looked at the only particles ever detected from the star. They could only mean nuclear annihilation on a planetary scale. Hey, we have to go. Jane has to clean the CO2 scrubbers now. Jane's smile finally fell. Can we call you back? Um, we'll take that as a yes. See you in an hour or so. The feed cut out. Lariah hadn't said anything for a good while. She was staring at the first contact form for humanity. The second field was labeled Purpose. In that past, she had filed this as things like refugees, explorer, colonists, or envoy. It sat blank as she struggled to think. Her colleagues entered to find her still staring at the purpose. So what are the new species like? The screen flashed a notification and the video feed incoming. Lariah, despite herself, couldn't bring herself to dread this. You tell me. End of story. And that, my friends, concludes this dose of science fiction fun. I hope that you enjoyed and if you did, please don't forget to support the author from the link down below. But if you want to support this channel, there are links as well down below for you to help with. But the easiest way would be to share this video. And if you are so inclined, subscribe as well. I will see you all in the next episode. And I hope that you all have a fantastic time until then. Cheers.